for the Faith FM Breakfast Show with your hosts, Lyle and Lawson. Welcome to Faith FM. It's not actually Lyle and Lawson. It's Blake and Lawson, but I'm also Australian as well, too. A lot of people don't realize this. Yeah. I've been here for 15 years, Blake's baby. Blake's a local. I am. Well, local. And, and here on sure. Faith FM, we're locals only. And and Blake is definitely locals a local. Locals only, Hallie. Get out of here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. So you're allowed in. Am I? Yeah. I really love it here, so that's good. Yeah, I you really can appreciate stay. that. You can stay. Thanks. Um, We got some cool listeners here in Bendigo, Victoria. <laughs> Bendigo. Should I say it in an Australian accent? Yeah, yeah say it. Bendigo. That's it's, no, terrible. Terrible accent. Okay. What about this one? This wild one. Western Sydney, New South Wales on 88.0. Uh, Western Sydney. No. Nope. So I don't know what you're doing at the end. Sydney. Sydney. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure, mate. Uh, Tarong. <laughs> Tarong, Victoria. 87.6. Thank you so much for listening. Mm. All, all of our crew out there in... Is that how you say it? Tarong? I, I guess so. I haven't Tay-rong? seen the name, but let's, let's call Tay-rong. it Tarong. I think Tarong is probably the way good. to go. Well, we're happy that all of our listeners out there. What are you happy about, Lawson? Uh, I am happy that today at Newcastle Uni, we are doing an exam food drive. So we go and we give free food to students who have signed up for exams, uh, who, ha- who are doing exams at the moment. What about people who identify as students? Uh, well, I'm one of them. Okay, me. Yeah, you, can, you can have something, <laughs> okay, too. Okay. You can have something, too. But I actually am a student. But also, student I of the word. The amazing thing is that we attach a spiritual survey to all, oh, of nice. the, all of the things that we like so they can sign up for the meals. And so many people who we don't know are like, yeah, I'd like to do Friday night Bible study. So praise God for that. Amen. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Here's a question I have for a few people. Is it possibly is it possible to be too heavenly minded to be of any earthly good? We're going to find out more about Ooh, that. Yeah, I know. That is deep. And also murder. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Didn't see that one coming, I did you? I did, did not. not see that one coming. You're listening to Faith FM, The Breakfast Show with Blake and Lawson, and we have some quiz questions today that can earn you some amazing prizes lawson what's up this first one is a, a bit of a banger like it's like like this there's something philosophical like there's 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 we're asking who asked this question that i'm about to say but there's also think about the answer real quick okay that's who, usually that's what we want everyone to do that's right hold on hold on hold on but listen to me listen to me who asked is there any taste in the white of an egg who asked that? That's the first question. Wait, is that? Oh, so oh. so so who asked that question? Someone in the Bible asks, "Is there any taste in the white of an egg?" So, okay. firstly, who asked that question? Secondly, bonus point. Well, not bonus point because I guess it's opinion. But is is that, like him asking that? This person asking oh, that question. We've just this person fifty percent of the possibilities. This person asking that question. Uh, they've raised like I, I haven't eaten an egg in years, and now I'm really thinking: is, it, is, is there in the egg white? Yeah. Is there taste in the egg white? It's something. It's more like it's like Jello a little bit. Yeah, but without the sweetness. Listen, guys, you, you're gonna have to let <laughs> us know. Give it. Give us your thoughts. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text. So, of course, answer first and foremost. It's like a marshmallow question. without sugar. 
Yes. Yeah. With salt and pepper. Yeah. There we you're, go. You're pretty assured. You're like, <laughs> I'm you're, positive. you're nodding your head. Is. You're like, yeah, that's exactly Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who asked, is there any taste in the white of an egg? 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. And, dude, we have two winners this week that could potentially win. Jesus wins in my life today. That's one devotional set. And the other devotional set, it is finished and the bridegroom is coming. It is a perfect time to win these prizes because... We are coming up to a new year. These are yearly devotional books you go through every day, and there's an amazing reading in there that will bless your life. Again, 0491-064-669. I feel like this is like a double jeopardy win because it's like you're getting double the prizes here. Because even if you win one, you're getting two books, first off. But then secondly, there's two prizes There's two winners. Yeah, Yeah. there's two actual winners. We're just just, it up. (laughs) We're just going crazy just right here. Just getting it done. I love it. Okay. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. Oh, I have lots of things. Okay. I have lots, like legitimately lots of amazing things to talk about. There is something that I oh, I wanted to briefly talk about the Melvin Cup, but then also don't because there's a part of me that just really doesn't care. And then I guess talking about it would just be sharing my opinion. So if you would indulge me. Okay. To let me share my opinion on the world, uh, on the not the World Cup, the, World Cup. the Melbourne Cup, the horse Melbourne. race, okay. the the race that stops the nation. You know, yep. I I have on Facebook many friends from many backgrounds and life situations, and uh, particularly like even my family as well who aren't Christian. And it's Melbourne Cup Day, and they're dressing up and getting down to their local whatever to <laughs> to go and stand there and and uh, put money on the horses and drink a lot. And, you know, then also I had friends who were at the track itself. Down in Melbourne. Down in Melbourne, yeah, the, at the track, you know, getting done. And, uh, yeah, all I can say is that I think the, the Melbourne Cup is just the lamest excuse for debauchery and oh, wow. gambling of all time. Hot take there, Lawson. Like, it's just, it's just true. Just You can gamble every day of every second of every year on anything, and this is just, I guess, the most prestigious and commonly gambled on thing yeah and i like the hats though yeah i guess that's one that's my thing that's one good thing to come out of it but it's but firstly like like, besides the hats besides the hats let me say like again we are we are very anti-gambling here Mm -hmm. on the show we are just it is it is something that is a terrible vice and is also an a like a totally used as a vehicle in Australia to support organized crime Mm. and every single investigation into every casino in Australia and every gambling effort in Australia has revealed that Mm. every single one. So, you know, take that for what it is. And then simultaneously there's horses out there and they're getting raced around and getting killed. I think like equestrian and horse riding is cool. I love it when the horses like do jumps and stuff, like not the hurdles. Like, I mean, like when they, they have like the shit, the, the, the tricks, yeah. trick horses and stuff like and I, I think that like you know there are like show dogs right and and there's dogs that do like lots of different things and the dogs really enjoy it because they think they're playing around and i think that the horses like at some level enjoy it but then at the same time it's like every two and a half days a horse dies in the horse racing industry they get put down because they crash and break a leg or something and then they just instead of healing that horse they're just like well sorry and you know Glue factory. Yeah, that's right. Get Ooh, it done. So, that's harsh. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was, I was. You got mixed emotions. I have very well. Not mixed. You I, got I, bad emotions. I'm, I'm just like this is this is ridiculous. This is yeah. silly. I I just 
yeah, there's there's nothing in me. But then also, then on top of all of that, the culture that surrounds something like the Melbourne Cup, which is just let's go out, get blackout drunk, yeah. stumble home, waste all our money, like and and for some people they are comfortable enough to where they can do that, and for a lot of people they're not. And it's times like the Melbourne Cup that leads to a higher amount of uh, <laughs> domestic violence um, and abuse of yeah, partners and, yeah, just the encouraging of vices. I definitely, in my pastoral ministry, I have seen gambling literally destroy marriages. Uh, and it has been it has been a very negative and very sad thing as well too so i can see where you're coming from as well mm. too and i definitely don't want to uh support gambling in any way mm. my only thing i like are the hats That's all. yeah just we, we, just, that. we just should just hats. turn it into hat day okay deal. yeah uh shell you had a statistic to share with us yes yeah, 70 percent of 18 to 24 year olds and 61 percent of 25 to 34 year olds agree that horse racing should not be used for gambling or entertainment they find it as cruelty Yep. Wow. Uh, uh, I agree. Yeah, I'd say yeah. Fair enough. Like I don't know that it's cruelty personally because uh-huh. horses love racing. That's they right. Love being ridden. That's where horsepower comes yeah. from. Yeah. Yeah, but the the point is like to be useful gambling or an entertainment, which yes. creates an yes. environment in which you're just building up horses. They break a leg and you just kill them. That's that. Yeah, that's terrible. That that's the industry that's been created around it. Like it's not that horses running fast is bad because, as we said, horses, dogs, like all of these different animals, when they get to stretch their legs and be used, you know, and pushed, to, just like humans. Like we I actually have a story right here. We love <laughs> exercise. We we love doing things at a high level. Like not for the first three weeks. Yeah, sure. But even like, <laughs> but for example, yeah. like let's let's say. Well, Surfing is a form of exercise. Yeah, absolutely. It's super cool and awesome, and you push yourself and you get out there. And you, I'm saying surfing because you yeah. love yep. surfing. Okay, right? you got me. You've like, sold me on surfing. All <laughs> beings in we, you know, we love to get the blood pumping. We love to get out there. We love to, you know, be good at some skill, whether it's running, surfing, motorcycle riding, doing backflips, or horses racing down a track. Totally, like it's it's awesome. But the the industry that's been created around it is one of profit and greed and cruelty and death. And vice. So, so what's the other lame. story that you have? That's yeah, so let's, you're positively different news death. this morning. <laughs> um, hey, actually, I had a story to say. I had a sh- story to share yeah. in regards to exercise and okay. the the. It's come out the the statistics, <laughs> the the survey, the research. Data's here. Um, they've studied eighty eight thousand people, and they reckon that intense exercise, okay, is better then long exercise. So you're, you're setting okay. up to go for a walk. Okay. Is it better to walk half an hour fast or two hours slow? Well, according to the research, half an hour fast is the way to go. Mm. Now, if your name is Shell Southwell, you do both. You just do all of it. You're just like, I'm just going to walk the answer is 40 Ks yes. incredibly <laughs> quick. That's, that's, that's your deal. No, but essentially what this is getting at is that intense exercise is so important for cardiovascular health, um, to increase the heart rate, to have a fluctuation of heart rate, heart rate as well is so, so, so important. I know that for me, I'm just 
super into cardio at the moment. Running and cycling is just the thing I've been into. And there's lots of monitoring, monitoring of heart rate that goes on and, and fluctuating. It's what we call interval training. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you increase and decrease intensity and it's really, really good for you. And it increases your pace and everything so much. It just gets the heart going. Guys, please exercise. It While listening to Faith Yeah, Adam. chuck the headphones in yeah. and go for a walk. Please. Chuck on the headphones and go on a fast-paced 30-minute walk. Absolutely get it done. Or just, I don't know, walk on a treadmill, walk around your house, do like 10 push-ups or something. Dude, you got the 0491 Tell us what exercise you're going to do. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Welcome back to Faith FM, The Breakfast Show with Blake and Lawson. Things are getting heated here in the studio. Uh, there has been some mixed emotions coming through on the text messages. Uh, I've got a text here. Oh. You ready for this? Just, yep. Morning, guys. I don't think it's right to bag one of the few cultural events this country has, a.k.a. the Melbourne Cup. Horses have been and still are a major part of the development of rural and outback Australia. This is true. I've seen the Man from Snowy River movie. Yeah. The history (laughs) runs deep here and should be respected. Uh, By the way, I'm not a horse rider or involved in any way. Mm. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Fair enough. Good good text message. I'll I'll just say, like, the point of the text message is, like, don't bag a cultural event because cultural events are important to the culture. Uh, But sometimes cultural events are bad <laughs> uh, you know i i don't want to take this to an illogical extreme mm-hmm. uh, but there have been cultural events that have been deemed bad one of them uh for example is uh there are many cultures that used to practice child sacrifice yet we don't do that anymore because it's murder now am i calling the melbourne cup and those who participate in it like as bad as child sacrifice people no I'm not, I think my point is, is, you know, there are many cultural events in Australia that I absolutely wholeheartedly support. For example, for example, I love Anzac Day. Anzac Day is, is, is something that's really, really important to my family. We go to every dawn service that has been in the last however many years. Uh, but the problem is, (laughs) well, even with Anzac Day, then everyone goes out afterwards and like, plays two up and gambles and yeah. i'm like game again so what you're saying is you're not advice. encouraging the gambling yeah okay. and and with when it comes to the melbourne cup celebrating horses let's have a horse day horses are the coolest things ever yes they helped build australia yes they are amazing yes they even as we said here they love racing they love going fast and that's you know good for horses but can we can we just slow down on the gambling and the drinking and the industry that is encouraging vice well you got some support here freco says well said call it for what it is Mm. there we go lawson someone's supporting you a celebration of misery Mm. how many families are suffering today from hungover parents who cannot feed their children because of their losses in gambling that's that's heavy freco and that's a true statement too Mm. brayden says melbourne cup has all was has always disgusted me i find the race boring but all the drinking and stupidity just shows how inappropriate it is so you're on to something here lawson and then (laughs) janelle she says which i totally agree with Uh don't forget the flowers blake 
Hats and flowers. That's my kind of thing. Yeah, let's, dude. Horse hat and flowers day. Let's go. Like that's amazing. It's called Melbourne Cup day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can call it the Melbourne Cup. Just, just let's let's turn it into a charity event, right? Yeah. Instead of gambling event, everyone puts money in, and that money goes to a good cause. Like a cause. I know a lot of young people who want horses, so we could just give the horses. Let's do that. Yeah. No, I don't know. <laughs> but hey, hey, we didn't we didn't do a clue for the quiz. Here we no, go. No, let's do a quiz. Why did Huh? <laughs> uh, is this the right name? Feliz? F F E L I think it's supposed to be Felix. Yeah. Why did Felix leave Paul in prison? A, he had been ordered to do so. B, he thought Paul was dangerous. C, to please the Jews. Or D, he thought Paul needed some time out. 0491-064-669 is the number to call. Why did Felix leave Paul in prison? A, he had been ordered to do so. B, he thought Paul was dangerous. C, to please the Jews. Or D, he thought Paul needed some time out. 0491-064-669. What's happened in the world of other news? Oh, some crazy stuff. Remember before I said, is it possibly too? He- is it possible to be too heavenly minded to be of any earthly good? Yeah. Okay. So there's this crazy story in Toowoomba right now. I oh, believe no. it's in Toowoomba. In the womb. <laughs> Shout there. out. Uh, Tom Kent's from there, actually. Our boy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We know. We know people from Toowoomba. We know pe- people come from Toowoomba. And Toowoomba. Toowoomba. <laughs> it's a real place. Toowoomba people are listening right now. I think so too. Shout out to Toowoomba. Toowoomba. If you're in Toowoomba, Texas at oh four nine one oh six four six six nine, and maybe you know about this story. Uh, a young diabetic girl, she died earlier this year uh, after her insulin was withheld so that she could be healed by God and rise again. Okay, I know things are getting wild here. The claim was made by Teresa Maria Stevens, 35, as she appeared in Toowoomba uh, Magistrate Courts over the January death of 8-year-old Elizabeth Stress. Miss Stevens was the ninth of 14 members of a fringe religious group known as The Church, quote, to stand trial for the girl's murder. And Elizabeth had type 1 diabetes. She died January 7th, just a few days after uh, her insulin was withheld. She went into diabetic ketoacidosis, which I'm not actually sure what that is. Diabetic shock. Okay. Based, no, I know that word then. Yeah, I've seen that happen to one of my best friends, actually. It's very scary, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, the... The 14 members who are on trial here are saying, hey, murder charges didn't apply, but the magistrates are saying, no, absolutely. You know, most people would consider murder to be, this is what they're saying, the the plan to maliciously buy someone who uh, intends harm upon someone, and that's not the case. We love Elizabeth and her family. We did not kill her. There was no hate behind it at all. Uh, we love her. We did not kill her. She had a sickness, and she died of it, all right? And then later on, the, the story says, Ms. Stevens said her family's choice was to turn to God rather than rely on the medical system. Being God, he is supernatural, and of course we expect supernatural things to happen. So we expect in his time he will rise her again, and uh, I think that the charge is false and does not apply to us. Now, here is, so that's one part of the story. Here's another part of the story that uh, I was honestly a little disturbed by this part of the Mm -hmm. story. There was a person named Mrs. Schoenfish, and she comes... Uh, to the house a few days before on January 4th. This is where things get a little bit wild. Elizabeth had fallen ill with the the, the diabetic insulin issues. Yeah. That week, she and her husband Lachlan Stewart Schoenfish, uh, who's also been on charge, also been charged with murder, visited the stresses home to support the family. Mrs. Schoenfish spoke of looking after the children. 
uh, Magistrate Shepard said. She knew that Jason, the father of Elizabeth, was struggling with the situation and would give him hugs and tell him, don't be sad, but rejoice in the Lord and don't lose your faith. The court heard that during her interview with police, Mrs. Schoenfish said she hoped her encouragement of Jason helped him to, quote, remain steadfast in his decision to withdraw Elizabeth's insulin. She hoped she encouraged him to keep his faith in God and to not lose faith. And the day before Elizabeth died, Mrs. Schoenfish and her and had assisted in caring for Elizabeth um, by trying to get the child to eat and helping her helping to take her to the toilet, but removing the insulin. What are your thoughts, Lawson? It's pretty scary stuff. That is so gnarly. It is. That it's is so sad. And this happened in Australia. That is terrible. The leader of the church as well, too, he is uh, remaining in custody as well. I don't know if he's arrested or not, but he's remanded in custody. And... He stands to go on trial later on in the month as well, too. So there's basically 14 people who are on trial. Only nine of them have actually gone to trial so far. And it's this whole group of people who have basically said, God will heal her, so we're going to remove her medication. I would say this. I I simply – so this lady, this girl, this child was taking insulin for her diabetes. Yep. I seriously cannot think – of a single biblical principle that you could draw on to withhold her insulin. Now, they're saying that by faith they're withholding her insulin. But faith is has an object, right, and a subject. Like you, you, you as an object have faith then in a subject, in something. Uh, for example, when Elijah says to Ahab, won't rain for however long. The reason Elijah says that and has faith that that will happen is because is because God told him. Right. But, but we don't have an example for that with the insulin. With this story, there's no... Then it's like, okay, well, if God didn't like directly communicate with them to do this, but rather through a biblical principle, but I seriously cannot... If I rack my brain, I cannot come up with an example where where some random believing or some believing god in the bible just decides oh i'm i'm just going to not help my child cuz god's going to do it other than being told by god right well, like sadly, i look at this, the story of abraham yeah you know? but sadly this is not is not the first time probably won't be the last time that religious groups believe this in one way or another sadly Here's a, a biblical principle that I've been thinking about. Uh, Psalm 19, this is kind of verse 12 to 13, says, Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Yes. Let them not have mm. dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. I think that when we put ourselves in the shoes of God and we're the one dictating wow. and determining how we're supposed to uh, say this is we're putting God in a box basically, yeah. and we're saying God can only heal in this way, and so we're going to remove this medication to give God the glory. I think it's presumptuous. It's the sin of that's presumption. such a good point, right? We yeah. we need to have the understanding that God has blessed medical students and and the medical uh, community to help His people, that's like, right. and He gives medical principles throughout the Bible as well too, like the. When we read in Numbers and Leviticus, like there, there are very specific instructions for 
the children of Israel. Yeah, like quarantine. <laughs> and and many, for example, many many other things as yeah. well too. So God uses the medical community wow. to save people as well too. So we shouldn't just like say that that's a bad thing and remove them because God has given these yeah. people to help us. Yeah, you're right. A1 presumptuousness is incredibly sad. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And we are doing the breakfast show with Blake and Lawson, mm-hmm. and we have some quiz questions for you. We have another question for the quiz. What military equipment did Sisera have 900 of? Mm-hmm. 0491064669. The answer is not AK-47s, <laughs> because this is the Bible. Uh, I'll give you that one for free. Wow. If you know the answer, you'll go into the draw to win our amazing box sets of... Incredible devotional books. We have It Is Finished and The Bridegroom Is Coming. That's one set. And Jesus Win Wins in My Life Today. These are yearly devotional books. So you, you get in and you have a day for each year and you have a devotional reading. That will be a huge blessing to your life. So the number is 0491-064-669. And again, that question was, what military equipment did Sisera have 900 of? Mm, good question, actually. I'm, I'm actually my my mind is just pondering what could that be. Actually? Oh, I, I knew it off the rip. Oh, really? Shell, you knew. Shell asked no me this look. question because it's actually the way this question is phrased. Like, what military equipment did Cicero have 900 of? When the Bible recounts about armies and sizes and weaponry, it'll say they have this many soldiers, and then it'll say they have this many of these. So you just gave away a clue. It's not soldiers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, that's not military equipment. That's people, right? Yeah, that's true. But and speaking it, of people, we have mm-hmm. Jennifer Skews on the phone with us for a live interview. How are you, Jennifer? I'm really good, thank you. Awesome. Beautiful day. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it is a nice gorgeous and sunny day. here as well. Oh, that's good to hear. We're so sick of the rain. <laughs> it's good. It is good, but uh, I definitely enjoy uh, a dry uh, evening. For sure. <laughs> That's good. Um, what are we talking about today, Jennifer? How are you? I'm really good, and we're going to look at uh, or continue with the grief and loss process because this affects many people constantly, not just with personal losses, but when we have a look at collective losses with floods, with fires, with pandemics, it's, it's huge, and there are many hurting people out there who don't know how to deal with it. And we did talk about it last week. We looked that we can deny it and shut it down and it will turn in and cause a lot of illness and misery or we can go over and over it and relive it constantly, which makes us depressed and miserable. Um, but we're looking at the way through. And the way through, it, first of all, it starts with the intensity of the loss is to do with our attachment or bonding. So when it's more personal, we're highly bonded, but we often get very attached or bonded to objects, to other people, to our homes. So when that break occurs and we experience the loss, we have a major reaction to it. And that reaction is very traumatic because we don't normally expect a loss. I mean, I don't, I'm here today and everything is fine and I don't expect to lose anything. So if something happens, and it might be a pet or it might be something in the house or it might be a friend, um, then it is a shock and a trauma and we then have to deal with it. And I think this is why it's so hard because losses actually can occur incredibly rapidly. So 
one of the things we have to do is try and resolve that loss. And the first step is acceptance. Mm. Until, until someone gets to acceptance, they're going to be in denial or they're going to go over and over it. So acceptance is a huge factor. And I guess the question is how you accept the loss. So I don't know what your thoughts are on yeah. that. I, I was just thinking about that. When I was five, my my grandfather, uh, it's a little bit of a complicated story, but my grandfather, he was a pimp, and he had one of his women, I guess, or girlfriends oh, yeah. or whatever you want to call him, go and burn yeah. down our house. So when I was five oh. years old, he had one of yeah. his women go burn her house down, and my mom was devastated because he had just gotten out of prison about 12 months before and he was trying to reintroduce himself into my mom's life. And so my mom thought that everything was good and happy and and so she was reconnecting with him and then he decided to burn her house down for the insurance money and it was just this betrayal that was really painful for for all of us really, but especially for my mom. And, And now like we cannot even drive through that area anymore without her just tearing up, you know, and it's been a long time since then as well. Too. Well, she had a double loss. She lost, she thought she, he was reconnecting. Right. So that was a loss. And also of course the physical loss of the house. And then that comes to the trail. And cause part of which we will talk a bit about, not right at the moment, but we'll come on to forgiveness because part of a loss often has to do with a perpetrator or something bad that happens. Um, and so forgiveness has to be part of it. Um, and well, we can talk about that now because obviously for your mum, it's been hard for her to forgive. Absolutely. Um, and if you don't, yeah, go on. Yeah, it, it has been for sure. And, and like, even though it's been a lot of years, um, it has really truly been uh, a process for her to overcome that, that grief. And, and it's one of those things. Mm-hmm. Those that I think that level of betrayal and loss, it really yes. does take time. Oh, it does. It, healing over time. And when we grieve, it's individual. You cannot say that we should be over it by now and what's wrong with you and you've got everything to live for. And people come up with the most awful comments that shut the person down or they feel more traumatized because part of grieving is the support you get, whether it be professionally, personally. Um, you know, there are ways because you really need to have help when there's huge losses, particularly when you look at what your mum experienced. Mm. You know, I've met women who've lost three out of three children. They have no children anymore. They've all died or been killed or whatever. So incredibly traumatic. So we have a lot of traumatized people like your mum who really struggle with life. Um, and this is where, of course, one of the answers, as we know, is from a Christian perspective. And I found a really good reading I want to share by Reverend Ali Pryor. And he talks about what forgiveness can do for you. And he says, when you and I truly and honestly forgive others for their wrongs towards us, we are set free in our own minds, souls and spirits by our creator in heaven. So to be free, forgiveness is a key factor. If not, we're trapped in the loss. Right. And it says you really freeing yourself from the negative and unproductive feelings that hold you back from the blessings in store for you. So God can't really bless us while we're caught up in this grieving process. And so some of it I find is in having faith, in turning it over to God, in seeking for healing and walking with Jesus, people who do that recover from losses and move on and are able to forgive. 
and it really does set them free, as he is saying. So it's an important thing that we have to do, and people who don't have any faith struggle a lot more because they don't understand evil, they don't understand sin, they don't understand why people do these things. Um, as bad as it is, at least I find I have some insight and that can help me get through that loss. And then I can turn to God and prayer is a powerful thing, handing it over, um, it's sort, as we said, forgiving others. And that's very personal. And sometimes we need help to forgive. So some of the work I do is help people to come into that forgiveness and looking at what it is and um, how they can do that because it's, it's an attitude or a mental dynamic. Mm. Yeah, we have to think about it. So it's um, it's not an easy thing to do, but it is so liberating when we can forgive others and move on. I, I find as well too. Uh, even for me, I was I was pretty young, but I still remember like it, it changed my my perspective of mm. material things because you know all I all I had left was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle pizza thrower. It was like a little. Yeah little disc gun that we shot and I had a little shirt and and literally just had the shirt on my back and that, and we were, Mm -hmm. I was eating life cereal, which is my favorite cereal. And we were watching the news. And as I'm eating cereal, I'm looking and watching the news and go, Hey, our house is on fire, you know, cause it was on the news. And my mom just Mm -hmm. like dropped the bowl that she had in her hand and it shattered everywhere. And then she just started crying. I was like, ah, that's bad. Cause that's, where all my stuff is. And then when we went, we went back to where the fire was uh, or when it was all said and done. And my dad had a, you know, he's from the country, big uh, redneck guy, you know, and he has had like 30 guns and the, the gun safe, the safe had melted into a pile of like molten lava or molten uh, metal. And then just the gun barrels were sticking out and it looked like a water fountain. Um, It was crazy. And so, it just it really that that grief or that experience of loss just taught mm-hmm. me to kind of recognize nothing is permanent, everything is temporary, and it has definitely mm-hmm. impacted where I put my value in things, which is much more yeah. into travel and experience than into objects or material. And that is where we can get beyond the, the loss because we come to terms with it. But that's that attachment. The more attached you are, if you don't break that attachment and go, I have to now detach from what I thought I valued, and that's hard when it's someone, but when it's objects like that or your home, I believe we can. And anyone, whenever you think about it, it's going to be sad. You don't end up rejoicing, or you can. Sometimes losses are good Mm. because we don't need that in our life. So there's a lot of variables that we look at. Um, but certainly our attitude, which is what you're talking about, and how we think about it. So how your mum thinks about it and how you think about it make a big difference as to how it affects our life in the present. Absolutely. Um, it's, I, I, I think it's about perspective. You know, you, oh, I too. You, you have to change your perspective. Yeah, the way you see things, the way you look at things, and the way really? you respond to them make a huge difference in your walk oh, with God. And that's where sometimes professional help is important because that's what I do is help people look at that perspective because we don't think in those terms. Mm. To have someone, anyone, say, well, maybe you could look at it like this and it can bring put that light bulb on and go, yes, that's right. It's uh, 
because we can take the good out of the bad. God always takes the good out of the bad. And uh, there are things that maybe you've done because of it that you wouldn't have done if that hadn't happened. Maybe travel or whatever you did. Right. So there's always yeah, something good that can come out of that loss. And I strongly um, recommend people who have gone through severe grief or you know, traumatic experiences to get professional help. You know, yeah. mental health is such a stigma. It, well, it used to. I think it's. I think it's changing now, and people are realizing. You know, the mind also needs care and treatment, and uh, and it just makes a difference when we have that professional care. It's made a huge difference in my life because it's made, helped me to reframe many of my perceived uh, ideas about certain things and it's helped me to go well you know bad things happen in life but you just got to pick yourself back up by the bootstraps and you can keep going but you can't sometimes pick yourself back up you need someone to help you get yourself back on your feet and often friends in that can't they're too personally involved or they don't know they don't have the skills and they're also very good support groups one here in australia for many years has been called compassionate friends and that's people who've lost a child or lost someone, and they support each other and go along in a group and work through things. So there are lots of resources now because um, it is such a problem. Yeah, We're not taught in our country to deal with losses. Often Western countries aren't, whereas you go to other cultures, and when they lose someone and grieve, they've got a process that helps them to deal with it and move on. It's often collective. But in Western culture, for me, it was like, well, you just get on with life. You know, just you don't do anything, and that's not possible. We have to deal with it. Yeah, I, I'm so. I'm both an American and an Australian, and I find that in both of these countries, we do try mm-hmm. to pretend that we have it all together and everything is good. You know, everything's <laughs> just fine. Yeah. Uh, but I've we spent a, I've, mm-hmm. I've spent a lot of time in the islands, uh, Pacific Islands, and in and in Africa, and there's much more of a a community of like, hey, it's okay that everything's falling apart. We're here for you, and it's okay yes. uh, to yes. to grieve and to mourn because and what you're going through is bad. Mm, mm, absolutely, and whereas instead of we'll just get over it, you should be over it now. It was months ago or whatever. This is this that attitude that people have because they don't know how to deal with it. But um, we do have collective, I believe, grieving in our country at this time, and it would be the same in the states because of all the wildfires and the, you know, the hurricanes, and here it's you know the bushfires and the um, floods. And the losses are huge, and we have whole communities who are, are grieving. Um, and I find again that support, like going in and helping them. People don't even know them. Go in and give them things and help them reconnect and set up again and that has a lot to help the grieving process it's sometimes we get to a place jennifer where things just seem completely overwhelming but when we trust in the lord and when we know that he is our friend uh, no matter what happens uh, we can go to jesus and he'll pick us back up thanks for being a part of the faith fm family join our community on facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM